Hey, it's Ty coming to you from the Verona Sports and Spiritual Library here in my apartment in Verona, Wisconsin. Well, it's ice cold compared to some places out there, but it's still 90 degrees and humid in, uh, in Wisconsin today. So, I don't know. Just reading about a lot of this stuff online, this, uh, the heat and that stuff, but, uh, you know, we were warned about this, so this is how it's going to be. Furnishings, furnishings for the temple. And I'm going to be reading from the Life Recovery Bible, and it's the New Living Translation. And I'm going to start off page 436 with the readings, for the reading. King Solomon. Then asked for a man named Haran to come from Tyree. He was half Israelite since his mother was a widow from the tribe of Naphtali and uh, his father had been a craftsman in bronze from Tyree. Haran was extremely skillful and talented in any work in bronze, and he came to do all the metal work for King Solomon. Haram cast two bronze pillars, each 27 feet tall and 18 feet in circumference. For tops of the pillars, he cast bronze capitals, each seven and a half feet tall. Each capital was decorated with seven sets of lattice work and interwoven chains. He also encircled the lattice work with two rows of pornic Granites, pomegranates, to decorate the capital over the decorate the capital over the pillars. Uh, pomegranates, that's it. I'm sorry. The capitals on the columns inside the entry room were shaped like water lilies, and they were six feet tall. The capitals on the two pillars had 220 pomegranates and two rows around them. Beside the rounded surface next to the lattice work, Haram set the pillars at the entrance of the temple, one towards the south, one towards the north. He named the one on the south Jacob and the one on north Boaz. The capitals on the pillars were shaped like water lilies, and so the work on the pillars was was finished. Then Haram cast a great round basin, fifteen feet across, fifteen feet across from rim to rim, called called the sea. 
It was seven and a half feet deep and about 45 feet in circumference. It was encircled just below its rim by two rows of decorative, decorative gourds. There were about six gourds per foot. All this was around, and they all this was around, and they were cast as part of the cast as part of the basin. Sorry, the sea, the sea was placed on a base of twelve bronze oxen, all facing outward. Three faced north, three faced west three-faced south, and three-faced east. And the sea rested on and the sea rested on them. The walls of the sea were about three inches thick and its rim flared out like a cup and resembled a water lily blossom. It could hold about 11,000 gallons of water. Haram also made 10 bronze Water carts with seats six feet long, six feet wide, four and a half feet tall. They were constructed with the side panels braced with crossbars. Both the panels and the crossbars were decorated with carved lions, oxen, and Cherubim, cherubim, above and below the flowers, above and below the lions, above and below the lions and the oxen were wreath decorations. Each of these carts, each of these carts had four bronze wheels and bronze axles. There were supporting posts for the bronze basins at the corners of the carts. These supports were decorated on each side with carvings of wreaths. The top of each cart had a rounded frame for the basin, it projected one. It projected one and a half feet above the cart's top, top like round pedestal, and its opening was two and a quarter feet across. It was decorated in on the outside in the carvings of wreaths. The panels of the carts were square but not round. Under the panels were four wheels that were connected to axles and had cast as one unit with the with the cart. The wheels were two and a quarter foot feet in diameter and were similar to the chariot wheels. The axles, spokes, rims, hubs were all cast from the molten bronze. So, for a second, I'll just stop real quick.
There were handles at each of the four corners of the carts, and these two were cast as one unit with the cart. Around the top of each cart was a rim nine inches wide. The corner supports and side panels were cast on one unit with the cart. Carvings of cherubim, lions, palm trees decorated the side of the panels and corner supports wherever the room was. There were, wreath, there were wreaths all around. All ten, all ten water carts were the same size and were made alike, for each was cast from the same mold. Huram was also made ten small bronze basins, one for each cart. Each basin was six feet across and could hold 220 gallons of water. He set five water carts on the south side of the temple and five on the north side. The great bronze base, the great bronze basin called the sea, was placed near the southeast corner of the temple. He also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last, Aram completed everything King Solomon had assigned him to make for the temple of the Lord. The two pillars, the two two bowl shapes, the two bowl shaped capitals on top of the pillars, the two networks of interwoven chains that decorated the capitals, the 400 pomegranates that hung from the chains on the capitals, two rows of pomegranates, I'm sorry, Going right back over it again. The 400 pomegranates that hung from the chains on the capitals, two rows of pomegranates for each of the chain. Networks that decorated the capitals on the top of the pillars. The 10 water carts holding the 10 basins, the sea, and the 12 oxen under it, the ash buckets, the shovels and the and the bowls. Hurrah made all these things of burnished bronze. For the temple of the Lord, just as King Solomon had directed. The king had then had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Sukkoth, Sukkoth, and, and Zerathon. Solomon did not weigh all these things because there were so many. The weight of the bronze could not be measured. Solomon made all furnishings of the temple of the Lord. The gold altar, the gold table for the bread of the of presence, the lampstands of gold, of lampstands of solid gold, five on the south, five on the north, in front of the whole holy place. The flower decorations, lamps, and tongs, all of gold. The small bowls, lamps, the small bowls, lamps, snuffers, bowls, dishes, and incense, incense burners, all solid gold. 
The door for the entrance is to the most holy place and the main room of the temple, with their fronts overlaid with gold. So King Solomon finished all his work in the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all his gifts his Then he brought all his all the gifts his father David had dedicated to silver, gold, and various articles. And he stored them in the treasure treasuries of the Lord's temple. Alright, I'm gonna go underneath here. Seven two. Says Hebrews one hundred cubits forty six meters long, fifty cubits twenty three meters wide. Okay, I'm not gonna read this. This is all all measurements. And I don't want anybody to fall asleep. So, yeah, it's, it's just going through the, it's just going through it and converting the, uh, the measurements over. Chapter 8, the ark brought to the temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of ancestral families of the Israelites. They were to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant to the temples from its location in the city of David. Also notice also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the King Solomon at the annual festival of shelters, which is held to early held in early autumn in the month of Ethanim. Ethanim. Which is nineteenth day of the seventh month. So late September, October, or early November, and uh. I need that, uh, that, I need that conversion there, that's for sure. When off the elders of Israel arrived, the priests picked up the the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark of the Lord along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. 
There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one, no one would keep count. Then the priest carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctum of the temple, inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the the cherubim, 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 I should say. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their their ends could be seen from the temple's main room, the holy place. But not from the, not from the outside. They are still there, to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two. The two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it, at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left the land of Egypt. When the priests came out. Of the holy place, the a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. Solomon praises the Lord. Then Solomon prayed, "O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness." Now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where you can live forever. Then the king turned around to the entire community of Israel, standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise be made to my father David for he told my father from the day I brought my people Israel out of Egypt I have never chosen a city among any of the tribes of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor in my name but I have chosen David to be the king of over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father, David, wanted to build the temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But that Lord told him, You wanted to build a temple to honor my name? Your your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place. And I now sit on the throne of Israel. Just as the Lord promised, 
I have built the temple to honor this, the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And I have prepared a place where the, there for the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with our ancestors when he brought them out of Egypt. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication. Oh, sorry, I'm going to go back here. Eight nine it says Hebrew Hebrew at Horb another name for Sinai. Some Greek text can add the line is not is this and written in the book of Joshua. It was kind of funny that uh the same Mount Sinai and Horb we have a yeah, obviously they named it after it doesn't even, they named it after Mount Horb. It's named after Mount Sinai, obviously in the Bible, but it just always cracks me out because I kind of laugh now, but the reality is is that that area was carved by a glacier. So I'm thinking that way back when it was one huge mountain. Solomon's Prayer of Dedication. When Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel, he lifted his hands towards heaven and he prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven, above or on the earth below. You keep your you keep your covenant and show and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in in wholehearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands. You have fulfilled it today. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you have made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, If your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow me as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David and my father. What well, will God really live on earth? Why even the highest heavens cannot contain you? How much less than the temple I have built? Nevertheless, listen to my prayer and my plea. O Lord, my God, hear the cry 
in the prayer that your servant is making to you today. May you watch over this temple night and day, this place where you have said, My name will be there. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. May you heap the humble, may you heap, may you hear the humble and earnest requests from me and your people. Israel, when we pray to get toward Israel, when we pray, pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from the heaven. When you live, where you live, and others, and when you heat, when you, I'm sorry, <laughs> when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take, take an oath of innocence in front of your altar in this temple, then hear, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants. The accuser and the accused. Punish the guilty as they deserve. Acquit the innocent because of their innocence. If your people, Israel, are defeated by their enemies because they have they have sinned against you, and if they turn to you and acknowledge your name and pray in your in you, and pray to you here in this temple, then hear from the heaven and forgive the sin of your people, Israel. And return them to the to this land you gave their ancestors. If the skies are shut and there is no rain, because your people have sinned against you, and if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn your Sins because you have you have punished them. Then hear from the heavens and forgive the sins of your servants, of your people Israel. Teach them to follow the right path. Send rain on your on your land that you may be given to your people as their special possession. There is a famine in the land, or a plague, or crop disease, or attacks of the locusts or caterpillars, or if your people, your people's enemies are in a land of besieging their towns. Whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles, raising their hands towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live, and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve. For you, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you as long as you live in the land you gave to our ancestors. 
In the future, foreigners who I do not. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands because of your name. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward the temple, they hear from heaven where you live and where you're great. And, and let me say that again. And when they pray towards the temple, then hear from the heaven where you are and grant what they, what they ask of you. In the way all the people of the earth will come to know and and fear you, just as your own people of Israel do. They too will know that this temple I have built honors your name. If your people go out where you send them to, to fight the enemies, and if they pray to the Lord by turning towards this city, you have chosen, you have chosen toward this temple I have built to honor your name. Then, hear their prayer. They hear their prayers from heaven, and uphold their and uphold their cause. If they sin against you, and who has never sinned, you might become angry with them, and let their enemies conquer them, and take them captive to to their land far away or near. But in that land of exile, they might turn to you in repentance and pray. We have sinned, done evil, and acted wickedly. If they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the the land of their enemies, and pray towards the land you give to those ancestors. Towards this city you have chosen, and towards this temple I have built to honor your name. Then how their prayers and, and how their prayers and their petitions from heaven where you live uphold their cause. Forgive your people who have sinned against you. Forgive all the others. Forgive all their offenses they may commit. They have committed against you. Make their captors merciful to them, for they are your people, your special possession, whom you brought out of the iron smelted, iron smelting furnace of Egypt. May your eyes be open to my request and to the request of your people, Israel. May you hear and answer them wherever they cry out to you. For when you you brought your ancestors out of Egypt, O Sovereign Lord, who told your servant Moses, turned your servant Moses that you had set Israel apart from all the nations of the earth 
to be your own special possession. All right. So we got chapter eight. What it says is intercessory prayer. It is an important part of a relationship with God. Solomon showed that he understood this when he, when he prayed for them for himself and the people. He asked God to have mercy on their on them before they had even made any mistakes. Eight forty six through fifty. So, it's a 46 through the 50th line to this Now, intercessory prayer is important for us, too. When we feel that we can't resist temptation any longer, we find strength. We, strength, we, we find strength from reco- through recovery. That person can hold us accountable for our actions. It says, all right. All right, so the dedication of the temple. When Solomon finished making these prayers and petitions to the Lord, he stood up in front of the altar of the Lord where he had been kneeling his, with his hands raised towards the heaven. He stood and in a loud voice blessed the entire congregation of Israel. Praise the Lord who has given you the people Israel and just as promised. Not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through the servant Moses. May the Lord, our God, be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he never leave us or abandon us. May he give us the desire to do his will in everything and to obey all the conditions, decrees, and regulations that he that he gave gave our ancestors. In all these words that I have prayed in promises of the Lord be before him constantly day in and day and night, so that the Lord our God may give justice to me and to the people of Israel according to each they needs. These people all over the earth will know that the Lord show they, then people all over the earth will know that the Lord alone is God and there is no other. And may you be completely faithful to the Lord our God 
May you always obey his decrees and commands, just as you are doing today. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifices to the to the Lord. Solomon offered to to the Lord a peace offering of twenty two thousand cattle, hundred thousand, hundred and twenty thousand sheep and goats. And so the king and all his people of Israel dedicated the temple of the Lord. That same day the king consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings, grain offerings, and the fat of peace offerings there. Because the bronze altar in the Lord's presence was too small to hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and all the fat of the peace offerings. Oh, I read that already. Then Solomon and all then Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of the shelters in the presence of the Lord our God. A large congregation had gathered as far away as Lebo Hamath in the north and and Brook of Egypt in the south. The celebration went on for 14 days in all. Seven days for the dedication of the altar and seven days for the festival of the shelters. After the festival was over, Solomon went, sent the people home. They blessed the king and then to their homes and joyful and glad because the Lord had been good to his servant, David, and to his people of Israel. So, 9, 1 through 9. So Solomon finished the building of I'm sorry, chapter 9, the Lord's response to Solomon. And I apologize because I think I'm missing some of those. And I'm looking, I'm looking right over the byline, there's no chapter to the uh, general text of the parrot, general con- text of the, uh, of the chapter. Um, so Solomon finished building the temple of the Lord as well as royal palace. He completed everything he had planned for planned to do. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon a a second time, as he had the as he had done before at Gibeon. The Lord said to him. I have heard your prayer and your petition. I have at this temple apart 
I have set this temple apart to be holy. This place you have built, where you have my name, will be honored forever. I will forever watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. As for you, if you will follow me with integrity and godliness, as David your father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty over the hotel for forever, or over Israel forever. Where I made this promise to your father David, one of your descendants will always be will always sit on the throne of Israel. But if you are either, if you're if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the commands and decrees I have gotten you, if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot Israel from this uproot Israel from this land and I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make Israel an object of mockery and ridicule among the right of them, among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled and will shake their heads in amazement. They'll ask, why did the Lord do such terribly things? Why did the Lord do such terrible things to this and to this temple? And the answer will be, because the people abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt, and who they would and they worshipped other gods instead, and bowed down to them. That is why the Lord had brought all disasters on them. Well, the thing is, is that I see it. I'm just reading through this stuff, and I'm going, you know, it's it, it's a darn shame, but it's what's going on now. You know, and uh, it's ridiculous. It's really bad. Maybe that's why it's 118 degrees out. But it's just trying to get people. People come, people ready for their uh, demise. All right. So we got nine one through nine. God promises to extend to Israel to Solomon and his descendants the promises He had given to David. But with the promises came added responsibility. God would not bless his people unless they chose to serve 
They chose to serve him and, and live according to his plan. If Israel worshipped other gods, they would lose that their position of blessing. 9.6 We are often given warning signs because before we sin. The Bible, friends, and other con conscience all warn us, all warn us of in, inappropriate behavior. Unfortunately, the Solomon and Israel, we often ignore the warnings, and then most, and then must suffer the consequences. So that's a uh, that is that is pretty crazy. That is that is pretty wild. How how we continue to live our lives and uh, how we continue to go away from the Bible and from the from servicing the Lord and from uh, and we think that we're just going to get away with it. You know, it's unfortunate. But it's what we got coming down the pipe at us when we do stuff like that. So among completing the temple and the palace, Solomon did not take time out, time out for God and family. He also failed to give his labor force a chance to rest. Instead, he went on building building spree. Solomon built the built a built the fortress of Hazor. Fortresses of Hazor. Mega Megadido, Megiddo, and Gesser, and extended the extended the fortress walls of Jerusalem to protect the temple and palace. Solomon exhibited many characteristics of workaholic of a workaholic. He sacrificed his relationships with God, his family, and his people to fulfill his compulsion to build. His son, his son Renabom, suffered many of the consequences resulting from Solomon's driving personality. The people rebelled against the people rebelled against Renabom because the promised 
maintain the have maintained the heavy burden of the labor and taxes initiated by Solomon. Okay, so with the uh that was nine, ten through twenty-eight, and um, yeah, we're just beating. We're just the saddest thing is that we're fragmenting off. I'm just talking about the world, fragmenting off in different directions from each other. And there's no longer the, uh, there's no, it, it seems to be that the, the world is, uh, killing, killing us because in their world, in the worldly ways, because of the, uh, deep fragmenting from the, from the host. And, you know, we're pulled apart and we're, uh, going at it for the, you know, going at it individually. Then we don't have any strength, but we bond together, and and you know it says like it says in the uh, in the Bible about the part, the piece of hemp rope that has three bridles in it. It's a, it says that it's a lot stronger than having just one. So, and that's the way. Unfortunately, that's the way it is right now. And uh, I don't see it changing for a while. So let me read this quick. This is chapter 10. When the queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, she talked to him about everything she had she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for all her questions. Nothing was too hard for nothing was too hard for the king to ex, to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on the tables, the organization, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cup, the cup bearers, the, and the burnt offerings. Solomon made made at the temple of the Lord. She explained to the king 
everything I heard in my country about your achievement and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what was said until I until I I had not heard the I had not heard half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are for be beyond what I was told. How happy your people must must be. What a privilege for your officials to stuck to serve. I'm sorry, your officials to stand here day after day, listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God, who delights in you and has placed you on the throne on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for for Israel, He has made you king. You can all rule and justice and righteous can rule with justice and righteousness. Then the then she gave the king a gift of nine thousand pounds of gold, great quantities of spices, precious jewels. Never again were so many were so many spices brought in as those as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, Hiram's ships brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought the rich car- cargoes of red, of red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and to construct to construct tires oh I'm sorry to the king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord in the royal palace and to construct and to construct tires and lyrics I'm sorry, it's lyrics and harps. For the musicians. Never before or since has there been such a supply of sandalwood. King Solomon gave the queen, the queen of Sheba, whatever she asked for. Besides all the customary gifts he had so genuinely, he had been so generously given. Then she and all her attendants returned to their own land. All right, I'm going to stop right there.